Seems like everybody wants us dead nowadays. It's harmless phosphorescence. This is your host, Throw Smiley, and I mean it, guys. No drinking, no fighting, don't cause a scene. Who's joining me this week? Is that you, Hellboy? No, it's Josh. But people get us confused all the time. <laughs> I'm Brian Lesh, and it's never going to work. I'm a Scorpio, and you're fucking nuts. Beware my claw, for I have come to inflict justice on all of you. I'm Alaric Weber. <laughs> Inflict oh. justice. Owls lobster Alaric Weber. Lobster Weber. <laughs> and his lobster <laughs> justice. <laughs> Let me see the claw, Al. Rock lobster. Uh, this is Harmless Phosphorescence. It's a podcast where Crush we watch every theatrically released full-length live-action superhero movie ever made. <laughs> Everyone. Everyone, boys. <laughs> oh, God. We're, this is our 139th one. <laughs> And, uh, wow. Yeah. Um, so we gather some research into the production, the source material of each and every movie, then we tell you about it. This show is brought to you by our patrons, patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You can be a patron, too. Just go to patreon.com slash harmlessentertainment. We got bonus content there. We got Star Wars stuff, music stuff. Um, we just did The Shining. That'll be up for you any second now. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, this week, though, on Harmless Phosphorescence... Oh, it just popped up. <laughs> there it is. This week, though, on Harmless <laughs> Phosphorescence, we're watching 2019's Hellboy. They warned us that something was coming. If there is ever an end in this forever war, it will be because of you and your strong right hand. My bad. We're the line in the sand. We fight against the forces of darkness. This is it. We're expecting a sign that says secret headquarters. Oi. I need some ID, love. Um, are you serious? You made me a damn weapon. Wanted to help you become the best you. Some dads get their kids Legos. How we got to be saving the world or something? Does it do anything special? Yeah. It smashes things real good. Mankind's best and only hope. I thought we were supposed to be fighting monsters, not working with them. Who you call a monster, pal? You look in the mirror recently? He's an asshole. Sorry! I interrupt! On the contrary, we've arrived just in time.
trying to figure out what Moni Moni has to do with Hellboy. Um. <laughs> That's the, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. The marketing for this movie was weird. Oh, God. Okay, so Hellboy. 2019's Hellboy, released April 12, 2019, has a running time of 121 minutes. It cost $50 million, and it made $55 million. So uh, it was not a hit. Uh, um, they definitely took a bath on that one. Um, and speaking of box office money, guys, you want to just jump right into the box office top 10 game. And hell. Smash things. So this is just one week after Shazam. So I'm not going to just read the top 10 because it's essentially the same as it was the previous week. Um, But I am going to uh, go down and I'm going to read just movies that opened this week, of which there were 23. I won't go through all of them, but 23 movies opened this week. Um. And not a single one, spoilers, could unseat Shazam, which stayed at number one. Um, what a grim week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, way, way down at the bottom, um, our lowest... I'll do, I'll do this one. Our lowest opener this week, opening at 112 with $2,333. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I love when it's almost the amount that, like, the crew's family would have spent. Yeah. <laughs> Starring. Yeah, that's not even the catering budget. Yeah. Yeah. That's under what would be expected. Starring Corin Nemec and Dominique Swain. <gasps> Parker Lewis? But he can't lose. Nope. Peter Cotton. A scientist that works on rabbits and infertility learns that the military wishes to use his work to create superhuman soldiers. Cotton is bitten by an experimental mutant rabbit and changes into an evil monster. Well, Peter. Amazing. Uh-huh. Peter Cottontail? No. No, no, no. <laughs> You're on the right track, but think of, think of some sort of horror pun you could make with that. Um, the the tagline for this movie is Hippity Hoppity Homicide. Funicula. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this sounds like a superhero movie throw. <laughs> it's called Rotten Tail. I know. God damn it. You, oh, was, Cotton Tail Rotten. I was I was gonna say Rotten Tail. Ah. It works on two levels. It didn't give me a chance. Um, just FYI, Rotten Tail made less money. Made less. He was running up to that line like a tortoise. <laughs> Rotten Tail made less money than the number uh, 111 movie, which is simply called Cat Video Fest, which is just cat. How's that vid- not the top ten? Which is just cat videos. The Loft does one of here in Tucson. They do a cat video fest. Yeah. <laughs> Cat videos are gold. Uh, um, let's see. Uh, what's another good one? Um, oh, okay. At number 93 with $4,588, almost double what Rotten Tail did. Um, 
<laughs> College student Allie Hooper and her little brother are attacked by a mask maniac, and the key to them surviving the night lies in unlocking a secret from the killer's past. This has to be the most generic-looking horror movie ever. Um, murder. I, uh, he can't shoot from the free throw line. <laughs> the movie. Uh, scare. It's called Made Me Do It. And it's just got a dude with like a happy face mask and a nax on the cover. I hope that the twist is that Jesus it made him do it. Yeah. Yep. He's all, what would, what would Jesus do? Murder, Murder. every last motherfucker every- one of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. At number 65, a timid dog groomer living in a poor suburb, sells cocaine on the side, and stays out of trouble. <laughs> that doesn't sound like you're staying out of trouble. While trying it's to all de- barking bad. Yeah. While trying to do right? That's good. <laughs> that's that's gold. I, I like that. <laughs> that is. Bark, barking bad, yeah. <laughs> he tries to deal with his unstable, violent acquaintance who is a menace to the whole neighborhood. Um, this is a film by Matteo Garon. But he's selling cocaine. He's yeah. selling cocaine. The cocaine dealer is the chill dude. <laughs> he's the timid dog groomer. What is, yeah, what is the other guy doing? Wearing people's skin? Right. I uh, love when the descriptor doesn't even apply. Like, timid, outgoing. It's the dog groomer. <laughs> You're expressing a butthole. Yeah, way. timid dog groomer. Like, what? <laughs> it just doesn't apply. It's like, yeah, a gregarious one. There's no difference. Wash the dog. Yeah. Uh, it's called Dogman, <laughs> which I wonder. Wish... <laughs> Misleading. That sounds like an awesome horror movie. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, I'll pass this. Wow. Actually, maybe I won't. I had no idea this existed. Weird. Um, all right. You know, um, cocaine was what our compound B was back then. <laughs> you could turn into a superhero in no time. <laughs> Uh, dramatization of a little-known side of the writer Emily Dickinson's life, in particular her relationship with another woman. Spoilers, <laughs> Emily dug the ladies. <laughs> uh, it's about it's, her life. Yeah, with, with Molly Shannon starring as Emily Dickinson. Huh. Yeah, I had no idea this existed. It huh. looks like it might be good. It's just called Dick. <laughs> What is it good for? It's called Wild Nights with Emily. Um, So at the same time, there was the Apple show with uh, Hawkeye as Emily Dickinson, too. Called Uh, Dickinson. Alan Alda? (laughs) Oh, Jeremy Renner. No, the other, other Hawkeye. Uh, What's her name? Not Haley Atwell. What's that? uh, Oh, 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 oh. Um. Ah, is a I can't think of her name. Wait, Haley Atwell. True Grit. It's not Haley um, Atwell. No, no, shit. She's a pop star. Captain Carter. Right. Oh, that's right. Sta- yes. Haley Steinfeld. Steinfeld. I knew it was Haley. That's why I was getting thrown yeah. off. Kate Bishop, that Hawkeye. Yes, yes. Yeah. Which uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but um, there was a Jeremy Renner cameo in uh, The Boys. I'm pretty sure. The other day. Oh wow! Singing oh. a song. His oh, music, in in it was. He was not in it, just his song. Oh wow! 
Oh, Jeremy Renner. Um, all right. Uh, opening at number 54 this week, a movie I actually was aware of, which is weird <laughs> that it opened this low. Um, Violet is a shy teenager who dreams of escaping her small town and pursuing her passion to sing. With the help of an unlikely mentor, she enters a local singing competition that will test her integrity, talent, and ambition. Stars L. Is this Fanning. the one with Rain Wilson? No. I don't know. It's L. Fanning. Um, oh. Uh, a Max Mingala film. I don't know. It's called Teen Spirit. I remember seeing the trailer for that one, weirdly. Um, what does, what it does it smell, smell like? like? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Team Spirit, what does it smell like? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Say it again. Uh, um, you just twisted my dick. What is it going <laughs> to <laughs> You did the full course. All right. Next. Uh, let's see. We'll skip the anime ones. We'll skip the re-releases. Um, let's see. All right. Two miles into the earth, nine Appalachian miners struggle to survive after methane explosion leaves them with one hour of oxygen. Who cares? The movie. <laughs> 60 minutes. Uh, good guess, but no. Uh, <laughs> two miles. <laughs> Deliverance to. <laughs> There's one other number in this that is you haven't guessed in the title yet. The tagline uh, is 35 miners. How many? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, it's called nine or the tagline is nine coal miners, two miles underground, one hour of oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> Of course they're miners. They're like 10 years old. It's not <laughs> miners. Nine, nine little coal miners. Oh, so it's called Mine Nine. Mine Nine. Mine. The nine little dwarves because they took on two more. Uh, <laughs> um, interesting. The contracts kept coming in. Right. Um, I'll do this one because, uh, yeah, just because this, this one is a re-release. Born on Christmas. A boy spends his life being mistaken for the Messiah. Oh, Life of Brian. Yeah, the Life of Brian. Life of Brian release. <laughs> Somehow it did better than Rotten Tail. Um, let's Somehow. See. Somehow. Somehow my favorite movie did better than Rotten Tail. <laughs> uh, um, let's see. Um, got a few more here. I'll go. We'll look at the uh, ones that are a little higher up here. Um, all right. Now we're actually in top 10 territory here. At number 10 opening this week, when her 14-year-old son drowns in a lake, a faithful mother prays for him to come back from the brink of death and be healed. Another fucking Jesus movie. God's not dead, right? No. We did that like no? five oh. years ago. That uh, was a while ago, yeah. God died and is back, and he brought my kid from the lake. <laughs> Lake Jesus. It's it's it sell, says based on the impossible true story from the producer of Miracles from Heaven, as opposed to just what Smokey Robinson is a miracle. I thought they were all supposed to come from heaven. Miracles from Des Moines. Um, yeah. Uh, 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 miracle Lake. Ooh, whoa! Topher Grace is in this. 
as is Josh Lucas. Weird. Yeah, they'll get a few stars here. That's that Zach Levi Shazam. He's in one that uh, I keep seeing ads for right now. It's called Breakthrough because he fell through the ice. Mm. Yeah, I love that she's described as a faithful mother, but her kid drowned in a lake. That's a preventable death. <laughs> like, he died of sudden infant lake death. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, opening at number nine, a young woman falls for a guy with a dark secret, and the two embark on a rocky relationship based on a novel by Anna Todd. (laughs) Oh, it's it's not the re-release of Attack of the Clones? It apparently is based on the best-selling worldwide phenomenon. <laughs> I have never heard of this before. <laughs> By white lady. Um, I don't know. Is this beastly? No. Um, I don't even recognize either of these two young, like, like. Well, and dark secret. It's it's dark called secret. it's called after. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. if if you go to the movie, that's what you're longing for. Yeah, um, the tagline is "After your first life is never the same." Fair enough. Okay, I know it changed my life, <laughs> but my first what? Right. Uh, your uh, first churro. My, that changed my life. Hell yeah! Most of my first, not all. Um, opening at number eight. eight. Okay. Um, I know it's just a stick-shaped donut, but... (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Link recruits explorer Sir Lionel Frost to help find his long-lost relatives in the fabled Valley of Shangri-La. Along with adventurer Adelina Fortnite, this trio of explorers travel the world to help their new friend. This is animated. 23 and me. (laughs) It's animated. You were about. To say. Yeah, it is animated. Um, this is a, this is a DreamWorks animation. I don't even think it's DreamWorks. This is like off off brand. Ooh, God. Ice Age for Tokyo Drift. <laughs> it's called Missing Link. Oh, I think that's from the Wallace and Gromit studio, but like animated, not oh, claymated. Okay, interesting. Or maybe that's that Bigfoot one that was out recently, but they animate it to look like it's playmation. Yeah, yeah. Is it, wait, is the Crudes? Is that what you're talking about? Is that from the same? No. Oh, okay. Oh, I don't know what thing. studio it's from, but that's not the one yeah. I was. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, Crudes. Opening. They're rude dudes. <laughs> Crude rude dudes. The Kate. Uh, opening at number three. Um. Cop between the worlds of the supernatural and human, our hero battles an ancient sorceress. Uh, it's a tight ad. <laughs> Dads. Uh, uh, it's Hellboy. It's Hellboy. It uh, is yeah. Hellboy. Sorry, yeah. yeah, at number three. Um, beating Hellboy opening this week at number two. Um. Oh, wow, okay. A, wo- a woman is transformed into her younger self at a point in her life 
when the pressures of adulthood become too much to bear. Did they remake 13 going on 30? I mean, it's 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 a body swap movie, you know, in the strain of, you know, freaky. Did they remake? They may remake. It's, no, it's not that one. I mean, they're all the same kind of... They're all basically the same movie, but yeah, it's a body swap. Right, right. Um, Invasion of the Body Swappers. It's called <laughs> Little. Yeah, it's... Uh, oh, I do remember this. Yeah, I, I yeah. do not, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so that opened at number two. Like I said, Shazam stayed in at number one. Um, That brings us... Uh, looking back... Uh... Uh, I decided to look up Missing Link. It's got some star power. Who's in it? Um, Hugh Jackman, Stephen Fry, uh, Zach Galifianakis, Timothy Oliphant, Zoe Saldana, That's Emma Thompson. Cast. Wow. All right. Anyway, Does it say yeah. the studio? Does it say the studio you're looking at? Um, on the on the poster, it said Leica. Um. Oh, that's. I think that's Russian. But after the dog, like mm-hmm. they sent him uh, to space and never returned. Yeah. Well, of course mm-hmm. not. Of course not. Even well, Yuri Gagarin didn't hasn't. Return. Guys, guys, let's let's be optimistic. Of it hasn't returned yet. Yet, that's true. Come back <laughs> as an old dog. He's all. I'm a shaggy DA now. <laughs> All right. Um, that brings us to, to the comic book and character background. This is our third oh. Hellboy movie. Al, is there anything we have not covered? Uh, there is, actually. Um, but uh, to recap, uh, for those who didn't catch our our Hellboy episodes, Hellboy was created by Mike Mignola, first appearing in 1993. Hellboy is a cambion, half human and half demon. His name, his true name is Anum Unrama, which translates to, and upon his brow is set a crown of flame. Hmm. Uh, That's why he chose Josh, because it means the same thing. Yeah. Uh, Found as an infant after a Nazi ritual summoning performed by Rasputin, Hellboy is adopted by Professor Trevor Broom and raised as a normal boy. Hellboy and Professor Broom were both part of the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense. Hmm. Um, our character, Vivian Nimway, the Blood Queen. Uh, in Arthurian myth, Vivian and Nimway were variant names for the Lady of the Lake. In one story, she was decapitated by Sir Balin the Savage. In another story, she traps Merlin under a stone in a tomb, tired of Merlin's sexual advances and afraid of his power as, quote, a devil's son. Just because some watery tart throws a sword at you. (laughs) In a later story, Nimue is one of the magical queens to escort a mortally wounded Arthur to Avalon. I thought that was Morgan Le Fay. I'm mixing up my Arthur characters. Yeah. Um, in the DC Comics universe, uh, as of 1978, uh, Vivian is the Lady of the Lake. Nimue is her youngest sister, known as the good Madame Xanadu. And their middle sister is the evil Morgan Le Fay. 
Uh, Madam Xanadu is uh, still in the DC Comics. Uh, Madam Xanadu was the star of the series Doorway to Nightmare, though she uh, she was never the main character of the stories. But she she got her start on the Facts of Life in the first season before they got rid of all the extra girls. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> along with Molly Ringwald. That was the ancient spell too. The you take the good. You take the bad, take them, you take both. them both, and there you, <laughs> there have you have a plague that shall destroy mankind. Yeah, you read the inscription. Uh, so the the doorway to nightmare series. Um, she wasn't a host like the Watcher was. Um, she would actually be a character in all the stories, but she wouldn't be like the main protagonist of the story. But she was like uh, an active participant in whatever story was going on. Um, let's see. There was a, a Madame Xanadu series written by Matt Wagner of Grendel fame, and that was published for 29 issues between 2008 and 2011. Nimue, the Blood Queen, uh, appeared as one of the primary antagonists in the Hellboy series. She was introduced to the series in 2008. Driven mad by powers and knowledge given to her by Merlin, she's dismembered by the witches of Britain and sealed underground. Resurrected in present day, she assembles an army of legendary and folkloric beings to eradicate mankind. Lobster Johnson. Just going to say, I'm glad somebody's doing it. A recurring character in Hellboy and related titles. Created by Mike Bagnola, first appeared in Hellboy, Box of Evil, number one, August of 1999. Which is the worst subscription box service, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially I, since so many of the boxes. Next to Bird Box. Right? So Wait, many, what? So, especially since so many of the boxes are like barely, they're barely annoying, much less evil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't oh, think this box hard. is cardboard. No. Um, the ancient inscription on it. <laughs> Amazon? Uh, Lobster Johnson was a human vigilante who worked primarily in New York City. Worked, parentheses. He worked his vigilanteism, his vigilante job. Uh, <laughs> primarily in New York City in the 1930s. The lobster faced down gangsters as well as paranormal threats. With a reputation for violence, Lobster Johnson was known for burning his trademark lobster claw symbol into the foreheads of his foes. And he chose the deadliest animal in the world. The lobster. His his dad was a, a lobster fisherman. <laughs> They're known as Tigers of the Sea. Was and, his dad? And was bitten by a radioactive lobster. <laughs> pinched by a radioactive lobster <laughs> with great fishing comes great responsibility you know um, eco concerns <laughs> let's see uh, not from the comics but uh, the Gruagach is a excuse me is a household spirit from <laughs> Scottish folklore also known as a brownie or bruni to the Scots Heck of a job, um, Brownie. The Brownie would perform <laughs> the Brownie would perform various chores or farming tasks while the owners of the house slept. The homeowners must leave a bowl of milk or cream 
or some other offering by the hearth for the brownie or risk the spirit leaving the home forever. So it's a little Dobby-ish. Like, I can see how she might have picked some stuff from that folklore. Yeah. Um, slave elf. So the, uh, the creature that was thought to, in folklore, that uh, was thought to impersonate human babies stolen by fairies was known as a changeling, alf, or oaf. So they kind of mixed mixed up their folklore here a little bit. That's uh, what folklore does. Yeah, I, I guess Grugach was... Rolls off the tongue better than Alf. <laughs> he prefers Gordon. Yeah, it was, it was great on Alf tales. <laughs> Alf tales. Gather um, the children. Wait, I just want to point out: it's crazy that Alf at one point had three different series on the air simultaneously. That puppet had a fantastic agent. Yeah. As <laughs> <laughs> good as lamb chops. <laughs> Next up is Benjamin Daimyo. Uh, he was a former U.S. Marine of Japanese descent who, after a rescue mission gone bad in the Bolivian jungle, suffers from a curse that transforms him into a horrific jaguar-like creature. So he's a were, a were jaguar. A werewar. Their jaguar. Werewar. <laughs> Everywhere a jaguar. Uh, the character was created by Mike Bignola. John Arcudi and Guy Davis first appearing in BPRD The Dead number one in December 2004. And then, of course, we have Baba Yaga. Based on the witch from Russian folklore, Baba Yaga was introduced to comics by Mike Mignola in 1996 in Hellboy Wake the Devil. It's little known that most people think that her, her actual name is Teenage Wasteland. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of the most powerful magic users in the Hellboy universe, Baba Yaga controlled a vast army of the undead. She would count the fingers of corpses before sucking in their souls and breathing them into empty skulls to serve as ghostly lanterns, uh, which were the source for power. Known to live in a house propped up on chicken legs and traveling inside a giant wooden mortar. Oh, yeah. Baba Yaga. <laughs> Baba Yaga. Oh, I, so. said, I said Baba Yaga. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sounds like a made-up phrase that David Letterman would just keep repeating <laughs> to Paul. Uh, Baba Yaga. <laughs> uh, Baba Yaga. <laughs> That's totally Letterman. All right. Never mind. Yeah. No, no, I can see it. Uh, is, is that it, Al? That's it. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, for telling us what we needed to know. That brings us to the film production itself. Um, so after Hellboy 2, um, the Golden Army, um, Mike Magnolia uh, began working with Andrew Crosby on a story for a new film. Uh, Andrew Cosby, who has Soul Screen credit right on this, um, has let's see was mostly a comic book guy um he worked for boom and dark horse um 
let's see. Oof. I, I don't know. Damnation and Dreadful Ed are probably his two most well-known ones, I guess. Um, although he worked on, at Boom, he worked at a lot of like comic adaptations, doing like Pixar and Muppet adaptations, diehard comic books. Um, but, uh, um, as diehard comic book. Yes, there's a diehard comic book run. It would appear with John McClane, like I, that diehard. I'd assume so. Yeah, looking that up. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's by Boom. Um, and from the mid 2000s. Um, is it all just like Klaus's other brothers? Right. That's what <laughs> I'm talking about. Like what what was happening in between what we saw? <laughs> right. Well, that was and Die Hard was based on a movie. Or uh, was wait based on a book? <laughs> it was a movie was based on a book. Yeah, for, um, which was in t- an entirely. It was like a uh, like a Dirty Harry type cop like series of books. So, right, yeah. and that translates. Yeah. in the first one. Yeah, yeah, but uh, exceedingly weird. But first one for sure. I yeah. hope it's like the Adventures of Argyle. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, all right. So uh Andrew Cosby, his only other film credits are two guns. Um which he produced. Oh, wow. Which was that Denzel that Washington, bad. Mark Wahlberg. He produced that one. Oh. Um he didn't write it. Um this is his only writing credit That's on a film. Um he did he co-created and ran a horror series called Haunted which was uh, ran in early 2000s kind of thing. Um, and he was the co-creator of Eureka, the, oh. which is a great show. Yeah, that's a good show. Yeah. Um, but uh, he got nominated for a worst screenplay for the Golden Raspberries for this one. Um, so, my, huh. so him and Mike... That's not the problem with this movie. No, no. The writing... It's a little explainy. A lot. I mean, there's a lot of people just telling me what's happening instead of like doing it. But, it, me. but it's not. Yeah. It's not a. It's not. The screenplay isn't like. I don't think that is the biggest problem. That's my well, point. I'm not saying like, wow, this was really well. Thoreau, you <laughs> did you use the phrase "things just happen" in this movie when you were texting us? Was that you? I because th- that's how been. it felt to me. It might have been. I was like. Th- like four beers in, but um, <laughs> yeah, things just happen. Four. <laughs> Good um, for you, kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it was early. <laughs> I'm assuming they were like IPAs too. I saw your fridge. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it was early, but uh, yeah, no, things just happened. Um, and then they tell us things are happening, and then something else just happens. Like he gets in an elevator, and suddenly he's just talking to Bobby Yaga. Like things just happen. Right. Um. But anyways, so yeah. Um. Originally, it was going to be a sequel to Hellboy 2, and they were going to get Ron Perlman to come back. Del Toro was never offered uh, to direct it, though. They did ask him if he wanted to produce on it, but he said no. He was working on his own script for Hellboy 3, and for some reason, they said, no, we don't want to make that. We want to make the one we're writing. So he turned around and what, won an Oscar for basically a character that... Mignola, yeah, you know, he basically he looks made, like Abe Sapien, the actual shape of water. Was character. played by the same actor, Doug Jones. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah. Um, and Ron Perlman at that point said he wasn't going to do it if Del Toro wasn't involved with it. 
Good for him. So they decided at that point yeah. that it was going to be a reboot. Um, they signed on Neil Marshall to direct. Um, Neil Marshall, let's see, he's he did the descent. Um, the sen- sen- yeah, descent was fine. Um, uh, Dog Soldiers in 2002. Um, those are his biggest ones. Since then, he's done like Doomsday, which I don't know, Centurion, a bunch of oh. Dog Soldier, Dog Soldier, <laughs> Dog Soldiers. <laughs> Just, is it, wasn't that like a Biden insult, like you dog faced pony soldier or something? I don't you know. say that to an old lady. <laughs> it sounds like something. I um, FYI, um, he also directed Blackwater and the Watchers on the Wall from Game of Thrones. Um, Blackwater's a hell of an episode. Um, Watchers on the Wall, yeah, yeah, far out, yeah. Is that the one that uh, that Tyrion pisses off the wall? Was that Watchers on the Wall? Oh, I think it might have been. Yeah, which is a good episode. It is a good. Episode. I think so. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He did a lot. Of, he did some good TV work. He did some Constantine, Hannibal. Um, an episode of Westworld that could be good or bad. Um, so, but yeah, which which season of Westworld? Yeah, that's the question. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so he's he, he's kind of he's hit or miss, uh, movie wise. And I mean, that's about it. They decided it was they signed on David Harbor right away after deciding it was going to be a reboot and Perlman wasn't involved. Um, they should have just continued the story with freaking David Harbor in the same exact role. And I, I even remember before I saw it that I thought that was really cool casting. I thought that was, you know, like, Oh, right. Spot on. Then you watch that and you don't see David Harbor in the least. Whereas like Ron Perlman, the actor came through. Yeah. In, in, in a facial recognition sense, I should say like um, Perlman's totally in character. But, but it's his, just he he looked more like the comic the way he draws him, but his face didn't move well enough, and right. you just didn't see you didn't see the actor in there. I feel, just didn't. There was too much prosthetics on him. It feels like, and like he yeah he, he was trying to act through it a lot, and I yeah, his jaw barely opened if it did at all. Yeah, and yeah, his eyes just looked so recessed in like four inches of fucking rubber. Yeah, yeah. And then there was no life in the eyes because they were those vampiric, you know, contact the yellow and orange, like real bright, which is, which totally reminded me of like Danny Trejo and from Dust Till Dawn. Like when they vamped out, they looked kind of cheesy. Yeah. And that's how he looked well, through the whole movie. His hair was weird and stringy. His body language was cool. I think that David Harbour really carried himself well. Yeah. But that's the only thing that came through. And well, his lines, his humor, like he yeah. understood the, the Hellboy sarcasm and shit. Yeah. But yeah, you couldn't see an actor. He may as well have been Thanos. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like you couldn't. Well, actually, you see more Brolin. Than Thanos. Yeah, Those Brolin really comes through. Thanos yeah. is. A, I guess I meant fully CGI'd. Or this is like cap. Darth Vader almost. Yes. Because he's a not big mo-cap. dude in a suit. Those are prosthetics. Or yeah. like, like yeah. my, or like Michael Keaton in the early Batman ones, where he can barely move and he's like turning yes. his whole body. Yeah, they decided to go practical effects with Hellboy, which I always appreciate. But yeah, he couldn't move. It just wasn't. But but only with well, Hellboy himself. Everything else was CGI, and it wasn't bad yep. CGI. Like it didn't. And, no. and 
any time that Hellboy needed to do something, he became CGI immediately. Fully CGI. He, but that's true. That's true. And that's yeah. the thing is like I uh, the few scenes where he's like running and jumping where he's not CGI looks so awkward. And you can see David Harbour like rolling and trying to sit in weird, awkward positions right. with that big arm and like trying to not move the prosthetics too much. He He's resting the arm a lot. And if he had been mocap, he wouldn't have to do that. But if you look in scenes, he's got it sitting on the desk high up. He's got it, you know, mm-hmm. David Harbour himself is always having to prop up the giant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Well, and like, yeah. And whenever he's, whenever it's not full CGI, when it is like an action sequence, that's people, it's pretty, pretty like like basic middle of the road, like action stuff, not especially well directed, honestly. Um, I have a question. Does anybody else think Ian McShane was trying to sound like John Hurt from the first two movies? Ooh, I hadn't thought about that, but I can kind of see it. Yeah. He has his own distinct accent, Ian McShane. And it's a, he's Scottish, right? Irish. I think so. Um, but it sounded because even in the voiceover in the beginning, I thought it was John Hurt, but he couldn't have been. <laughs> no. no. Wild. Anyway. Well, John Hurt had died, right? Before this movie right. was made. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, played the same I, character. I didn't, going into this, I didn't know Ian McShane was in it when I first started I watching either. it. And I heard Ian McShane right away. Mm. I just, all right. Uh, I mean, I, but can you hear John Hurt's voice in your head? Uh, no, all I can hear is Ian McShane. <laughs> I mean, I hear John Hurt's Everywhere voice. Everywhere you look, you see his face. I hear right. John Hurt's voice in my head all the time, but it has nothing to do with the movies. Uh, my my tinnitus, it, it sounds like Ian McShane is just like... <laughs> Everyone does. In, in my ear. It's a universal McShane translator. <sighs> Uh, so, all right. Speaking of Ian McShane, we're going to get into the cast here. We'll start with him. Um, Ian McShane has a very, very long and storied, uh, filmography. This is our first, is this our first one with him on this show? I believe so. Yeah. Um, God, he was in Faster Pussycat. Or not Faster Pussycat. He was in the uh, sequel, Pussy, 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 <laughs> it wasn't the sequel. <laughs> it was Pussycat, Pussycat, I Love You. Which was a sequel to Pussycat, which which is a sequel to What's New Pussycat. Um, Oh, yeah. Um, They made a sequel to that. Yeah. Oh, Oh, it was there. It was a trilogy. The third one was just Pussy, Pussy, Pussy. (laughs) Pussy Hunter two (laughs) thousand. What's New Pussycat is a Peter Sellers movie. It's wild. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, going forward, he was in the original Ransom, the one that Mel, what's his face remade, um, not Tormeyer Brooks, um, <laughs> the, uh, Gibson, Gib- yeah, him, um, uh, <laughs> uh, God, let's see, um, in the, he kind of took the nineties off, um, as far as his, uh, credits <laughs> yeah, go. a lot of people his age did. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, recovering from the 1980s. I guess yes. so. Yeah, because he didn't. Uh, have- shit, we better buy jet skis and 401ks. He didn't have a single film credit between 1985 and 2000, and then in 2000 he was back in Sexy Beast, um, <laughs> which he followed up with Agent Cody Banks. 
<laughs> when was Deadwood? Uh, Deadwood, that was in the 2000s. Okay. Uh, that was like 2002 or something like that? Uh, yeah, when did Deadwood start? Um, 2004. Yeah, he, where he was Al, uh, oh. he played Al uh, uh, Swearingen. Swingen. 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 And um, you, I remember that in, in the news and in popular culture at the time, people were so shocked at how vulgar that show was, like how mm. much bad language there was. Imagine those people watching The Boys. Like, oh, my example. God. Or Game of Thrones. Mm. Or Game of Thrones. Yeah. It's like yeah. bad language. Well, you and I guarantee you around swearing. the people complaining about Deadwood came around to Game of Thrones. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the culture changed, indeed. Let's see. Um, at this, uh, he's he's been in all the John Wick movies. Um, I think you know we probably all, at this point, um, know him best uh, from Shrek the Third. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's that's my Godfather series. <laughs> Shrek the. The Shrek, <laughs> in which he played Captain Hook. Um, I I don't know why I latch on to things sometimes and then just don't. Yeah, Shrek. Um, this is the third time we've had David Harbor in a movie on this show. Um, I think this third. Um, so we have talked about him before. The last time we saw him would have been in. Um, uh, uh, the the Suicide Squad, not the Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad. Who was he in that? He was. Uh, oh, he was like a senator, right? No, no, he was like an FBI agent or something. Yeah, he I was a dinner with Waller. Yeah, yeah, he was in yeah. it for like five, like like thirty seconds. Okay. Yeah, he was at that dinner where she was proposing the yeah. the squad. Previously, he was in the Green Hornet. Um, those are the ones we've seen him in. Um, this he was in Green Hornet. He was in Green Hornet. Yeah, he was the DA. Huh. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I always forget his career goes so far back. He was in like Brokeback Mountain and Quantum of Solace. Yeah, I forget he's been around so long. Sometimes. Um, Mia Jo. That's right. He was the disgruntled lover in Brokeback Mountain, right? I can't remember honestly. It's been too long since I saw Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I forget. Yeah, but I think that he was the one who was who was spurned by someone. Mm. Was it Jake Gyllenhaal? <laughs> he's I think all, so. He's all, "Hey, I can quit you." <laughs> uh, uh, Mia Jovovich. Um, oh, she's Ukrainian. Um, Mick J partied with her. Oh, in the nineties. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> Um, she's, uh, let's see. She got her start. Fifth element was probably like her big breakout. Um, she was a model. She was a runway model first. Yeah. yeah she was a runway model. Um, she, her, her, her first starring role was return to the blue lagoon. Um, in 1991, <laughs> which was the sequel. Um, the original one featured, an underage Brooke Shields being naked. This one featured an underage Mia Jovovich being naked. She was 15. 
<laughs> Blue Lagoon, what are you doing, guys? <laughs> I love that. I love when they make movies where it's like return to a place that people were accidentally at in the first place and needed to escape from. Right. It's like, how did you return? How, how are you shipwrecked again? Well, it's a sep- like a different sexy young couple shipwrecked in the same place. Yes. Do they find like the bones of the old couple? Like, is it? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. There aren't signs at that point. Paul, like, uh, Bermuda's not far. Um, after the fifth element, she's probably best known for Resident Evil. Um, because she's married to the douchebag that makes him. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. That's why she's in all that of them. Explains. Yeah. That explains it. Yep. She's not bad in this. Not that there was a lot of meat. Yeah, there wasn't much character. to do, but she was fine. She was good. It was fine. Um, Sasha Lane as Alice. Um, I thought she was one of the best parts. Um, yeah, she, I agree. Uh, she's a Hunter C20 and Loki. Um, let's see. Her pr- premiere was American Honey in 2016. Um, th- let's ooh, heart hearts beat loud. Um, after everything, Daniel isn't real. A lot of indie stuff. Um, <laughs> Loki. Daniel isn't real. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hellboy and Loki are probably her two biggest uh, credits at this point. Um, she seems youngish. Yeah. She is, she was very, uh, she was charming. I liked her a lot. Um, I agree. Daniel Day Kim. I don't like hearing him talk. <laughs> Maybe I just got too used to him never talking. Right. <laughs> He's uh, a great actor, but yeah, it was. He has a British accent in real life, I believe, right? Does he? Um, uh, honestly, I have no idea. Uh, that, I guess I, was, I might the whole be time I kept thinking, that... is he British? Because he on Lost, he wasn't British, right? No, yeah, no, and no. he is not British. He Korean. He's he was uh, born in South Korea and grew up in America. Yeah, he owns a burger joint around the corner from where I used to live in Honolulu. Um, awesome, kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, he start. Uh, oh, he was Gavin and Angel. Okay, that's probably the first place I ever saw him. Um, but yeah, he was in Lost. That was that was probably where he really like came to people's attention. Um, wow, wow, he was, he was in Seinfeld. Who was he in Seinfeld? Uh, it was like a one oh, episode number. thing. Yeah, he had a lot of uh, early '90s stuff. He was in Beverly Hills 90210. Um, unsolved. But does he have a credit? Al, does it say what his one episode character? Student. Oh, I wasn't. Uh, I was recalling that from memory. It's, oh, I see. He plays. He plays student number one. Oh, okay. Um, he was on. <laughs> there was a 1997 show called Nightman. He was the fighter of the day, man. Um, <laughs> oh, I remember this. Really, Nightman. Wow. He was a superhero, right? I oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, he was a superhero. Yeah, it was almost like the cape on Community. They tried oh, to make sort of a tried rem- to make a totally original. Okay, uh, yeah, I just saw like the logo thing. Yeah, I remember that. Wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, let's see, but um, Daniel Day Kim. <laughs> Ooh. Um. Real. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, also, uh, let's see. He was in the Divergent series. Um. Uh, yeah, Spider. Oh, he was in Spider Man too. He played Raymond. Hmm. Um. So I guess we've seen huh. it before. 
on this show. Uh, let's see. Stephen Graham voiced uh, Grugach. Grugach? Grugach? I don't care. The pig guy. Grugach. Yeah. Pig guy. He voiced pig guy. <laughs> Bebop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all I could think of. Yep. All I could think of. Um, so skinny Bebop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And let's see. Stephen Graham. Um, he has a, a lot of, he started and he did, has a lot of TV credits. He has a lot of credits. Actually, this dude has worked rocket man, uh, the Irishman. Um, oh, we'll see him in venom. Let there be carnage as in pirates of the uh, Caribbean movies. I probably, and others may know him best as Tommy from snatch. Okay. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. His, his voice is very distinctive. Yeah. Um, Sophie Okanato as, uh, was her lady Hatton. Um, let's see. She was, uh, she has the long list of credits too. Um, Ace Ventura, when nature calls, <laughs> and we'll stop there. <laughs> she followed up with hotel Rwanda. <laughs> hotel Rwanda for dogs. Um, yeah, she works a lot. It looks like I definitely recognize her face. She's one of those people that I'm like, oh yeah, it's, I've recognized her, but I never know from what. Um, there's a lot of movies, a lot of TV. Lady works. Um, that's. I think that's enough. Our cast. There's a lot of other people in the cast. Oh, um, Tom, Thomas Hayden Church, by the way, yes. as Lobster Johnson. I thought we should probably mention that. We've Absolutely. seen him. Yeah, mention that. Um, so. That rounds out our production. Guys, you ready to jump into the movie? Let's smash some things. Let's get dangerous. Here we go. I'm just here for Lobster Johnson. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's Lobster Night. This is... In America. (laughs) This is Hellboy 2019. Again. Yeah. We open... With a voiceover, it's explained to us that in 517 AD, the evil blood queen, Vivian Nimue, unleashes a plague on England. And King Arthur shows up and fights her. He uses Excalibur to dismember her. Um, one of her witch ladies betrays her. Um, all the parts are put in witch. boxes. and, and That witch's name is the name of one of the Furies. You know, the three fates. Mm. Three Furies. Yeah. Yeah. Ganada? Ganada, isn't she? No. Are you sure? Yeah. Uh, those Ganade. were uh, Atropos, uh, Clotho, and something else. But Ganada was not one of them. Or, uh, <laughs> then I, I've heard her somewhere else. Then that character was in another game. And hmm. Something or other. that. I mean, I would not be shocked at that. For sure. All um, right. So. Anyways, got some Mithurian legend. There's a lot of the, there's a lot of crossover with the mythology here and a lot of the game and mythology. Oh, there's oh, yeah, they're all folk tales. Baba yeah. Yaga really is a Russian. Yeah, folk. Yeah, the, it's all mixing. They always did in the comics and such. Um, uh, like, the the first line of this movie uh, put me off. Mm. Uh, it's just the year was five. 17 AD, known as the Dark Ages, and for fucking good reason. 
It's like right out of the gate. Yeah. And it was startling. From here on out, all I could uh, all I could hear was Al Swearingen. Um it's re- all I could hear was John <laughs> <laughs> Um if I mean the movie felt real like Edgelord Tryhardy to me. Like like we're earning our R. We're gonna be so cool rock and roll. This ain't your daddy's hell boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt like they were leaning too hard into like casual conversation almost. Right. Like, realistic. I'm like, it's not though. I mean, well, and then that's I mean, I I get that. Like, I feel like every action movie feels like they have to do that. That's kind of the marvelization or the Robert Downey Juniorization of the modern action films in general. Um, but you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it's not done well. Um, so anyways, he hides, he hides her all around England, little secrets for the children to find. Um, we get a title card. Then we cut to present day Tijuana. Hellboy's in town. He's investigating the disappearance of his buddy Esteban, who was sent there to investigate a group of vampires. Hellboy finds him working as a luchadora. And he's now a vampire. Uh, His name is uh, Kamazotz, his wrestling name. And uh, Kamazotz is a bat god in Maya mythology. Hmm. Um, Let's see. They... He'd been there for how many weeks? Three. Three weeks? Three weeks. And there are there are banners, and this man is already famous. He took he took Tijuana by storm. <laughs> um, yeah. Lucha uh, Libre, man. Uh, anyways, they fight. Hellboy kills him accidentally. Esteban prophesizes the end of the world. Because why wouldn't... How does he know? Right! That's like the, the vampires knew. Is he hanging out with vampires after work? That's what I'm saying. Like things just happen. Like why does this guy know? It never comes back. They're never like, yeah, every all the supernatural creatures of the world know this is coming. Like it's just he just knows because he's a uh, because he's you know in the first the scene. thing that drove me the, the thing that drove me craziest about this whole setup was. He says to his dad on the phone before, which I thought was cool, smashing the phone by trying to hang up. Like, sure, he's my friend. I go, okay, you told us that, but they don't show us that at all. That scene where he's driving, like he's driving, we don't see Hellboy. We just see the truck and we get the voiceover felt like a cut scene from a video game to me. Like we're explaining the plot while having a truck driving. That should have been in a trailer and not in the movie. Like, don't reveal the way he looks until halfway through or something. But, like, to do that at the beginning of the movie was to then immediately show us him in daylight. Because we see him right away. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Well, that felt like a reshoot. Like, oh, we've got to put something here to explain what he's doing. Like, it doesn't track. The studio. That he felt, can't. That felt like a studio He can't just note. walk into that room in Mexico, yeah. basically. Yeah. I felt, felt like a studio note, actually. Um, yeah. Uh, so, anyways, um, Hellboy. Drinks away his troubles on the street. He's found by a couple of BPRD agents who take him back to the headquarters in Colorado. Well, and the very modern, the, the thing to me that felt like studio notes, felt like Sony's emails about uh, Amazing Spider-Man. How'd you find me? Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Like, 
Okay. Ugh. Uh, okay. So, um, they arrive there. He meets his dad, uh, Brutenholm, Trevor, if you're nasty. He's assigned to assist the Osiris Club, a British occult society. They're hunting giants in Great Britain. Meanwhile, there's a spooky house with an angry guy who we can't see yet talking to a scary lady about how much they hate Hellboy. Scary lady sends angry guy to find all the boxes with the parts of Vivian to put them together and kill Hellboy because they hate Hellboy. Um, we cut to England. Hellboy arrives, hooks up with the Osiris Club, meets their seer, Lady Hatton. We get our World War II flashback, which just re- essentially repeats the scene from the first Hellboy movie. Just with yeah. the worst-looking baby Hellboy. Yeah, that one looks and, so bad. Yeah, a little um, and the yeah, little baby Zorgic. Lobster Johnson <laughs> for some reason. It felt. I liked that. I liked Lobster Johnson, but Lobster Johnson made me laugh every time because I was just confused by Thomas Hayden Church being in this movie, right? And his <laughs> and him being a lobster man. I Lobster Johnson, I enjoyed it. <laughs> Ford. I just like saying Lobster Johnson. <laughs> I've read some. Yeah, he's a fun character. But it felt really unnecessary to have this scene. Real unnecessary, considering we got this yeah. scene in the first movie already. It's 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 not exactly pearls in the alley, but we didn't need it again. Um. So, uh, let's see. Uh, Brutenholm was supposed to kill Hellboy when he became human. Um, Remember, it's uh, pronounced broom. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I, I'm trying to save you a couple syllables. Trevor was meant to kill Hellboy <laughs> when he came into the human world. Professor Broom. Yeah, that's what they call him that in the movie. Um, because of the Nazis project Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Um, and also uh, Rasputin's there. Uh, we cut to a monastery. Angry guy shows up and it turns out he's actually pig guy. Uh, he kills all the monks. They've got one of they've got the box of Vivian's head, which is one of the most important parts. Um, <laughs> way more important than the feet. Uh, back at the Osiris Club, they mount up. They go out hunting giants, but they betray Hellboy, and he's nearly killed by the hunters. So I'm I'm willing to accept anything as magic, but the fact that he like tore this dude's this monk's jaw off and then swallowed his tongue to speak with his voice was so just like kind of they just pushed through it instead of them saying like well i can use your own voice like it just seems so clumsy mm-hmm. really uh, like it, i got I, it i i felt like it would have been clumsier to have an additional line saying i'll rip out your tongue and you (laughs) use it yeah i I mean because he he essentially just does the thing but there's no established because we're told it needs to be the voice of a man of god like and that's the only Mm -hmm. time we see that happen like it should i think the head should have been later on in the succession of things that he got maybe Mm. um it just seemed really like oh i guess anything can happen with magic 
was kind of how I read that. I mean, yeah. Instead of it like instead of it being like, oh, shit, what do I do in this situation? He's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. We do this thing where we eat people's tongues and then we can talk using their voices. I mean, magic really is just whatever they want it to be. All of it is whatever they want it to be. Hellboy is whatever they want it to be. He can fight giants, no problem. But the like six humans trying to poke him with spears, like he can't deal with. He barely gets away with his life. I would have loved for them to get him real drunk. Like we're out on safari. Let's get him real drunk or something to make that make sense. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and like he sobers up really quick because giants. Um, we cut to a house. Vivian's now awake and watching TV. She has most of her parts, but she's still missing a leg. Pig guy brings her parts one by one. Um, Arm. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, he brings her the, the leg at this point, And then the second. Wait, the, is it just the, the last piece was the arm? OK, um, they're we'll standing. They plan. Well, and this happened. Off screen immediately. Yes. Very quickly. Um, and they're planning your standard end of the world bullshit because ending the world is what bad guys do in movies about ending the world. This I just want to say that while. Yeah, her. Well, yeah, it should have right? taken it should have taken 30 minutes of the movie instead of taking six minutes of the movie. Um, the reason the tongue thing is stupid, if I could. Um, is that why not just do that every time? And that that's that's not the voice of a holy man. Right. I mean, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I like. I would think that it's the holiness as well. You know, yeah. like that the holiness it's not is just the... the tongue. It's not just the accent or turn of phrase. Yeah, yeah. No, the... absolutely. The holiness of the person, I'd imagine, would be important to the magic. Yes. Well, and otherwise, they... just cut to the chase. Why would you bother talking to a human? You just open his mouth, take out his tongue, do the thing. Yeah. Why is that plan B when it should be plan A? I, I would have much rather had them like fostering a Manchurian monk, you know, like, no, I've got this guy. We kidnapped his kid and he's going to give us the head because we did something, you know, or that he'll sacrifice his morals. For or him. like maybe a true believer who is like, no, 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 this is what God's plan. Yeah. Like the, yeah. the, the night that, Guarded the the temple at the end of Indiana Jones Street, you know? yes. like a holy vessel, mm-hmm. not just a tongue, not just a random monk's tongue. So, but again, if you could do that, just fucking do that. He's he's smashing other monks to pieces in death. Uh, the, read it, and so it, I, I would have rather had him t- taking all of their tongues. And being like, yo, it only lasts so long and I need to figure out what the correct phrase is or something funny, mm. you know. Or if you know that you can do that, why not walk in, grab a monk by his fucking neck, rip out his tongue. You know, he had to be shown where they kept it, but hint, the basement. Yeah. <laughs> so I, the, when Vivian's watching TV and she's like, oh, and they now they only fight on reality shows and this, like it's also that felt really really like not like tone deaf like it's yeah this was forced this was 2019 it's like like that's the kind of thing like you would have had in like 1995 of someone coming back like the stakes didn't right like 2019 i'm like i don't think that's the world we were in like just frivolous reality shows and like well well, it's like like, woo hot take but 
yeah, it was like a tiny attempt at commentary on society. And then it was like, nah. And and she could have been watching MMA and been like, yeah, look at this. They let these guys just beat each other up for the world to see or something. Or even just the news. You know, oh, she she yeah. chose, she chose pop culture and she chose how it's kind of turning our brains to cottage cheese instead of like a more universal concept of like humanity's gotten weak and soft belly but like, kind of thing. Reality it, it was very incelly. Yeah, but and also like reality shows like it's not two thousand four. Like this isn't like right. the 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 thing that drives society. Like. And no, yeah. you have to seek out reality shows now. And how know, about like go to TLC? How, yeah, it's 2019. If you're going to have some commentary, have some commentary. They're tearing each other apart. Like <laughs> for no reason. Yeah. Or, you know, they claim to be better than the beasts and the demons, but they aren't any better. But it's like from sword fighting to singing competitions. Those are mutually exclusive. Like <laughs> I bet there were some singing. You can enjoy music and be. Uh, I'm sure night. there were some singing competitions in the 500s. Like people, uh, well, there and, was at yeah. least singing. Mike, my, my question about the singing competition is that specifically is she talking about Eurovision? Oh, maybe <laughs> because like European wars no longer exist now. The Europeans only compete in song. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, that was the only way that I could read in- into that. Most of those shows started in England, you know, um, got talent and yeah, yeah that shit. Yeah. And whatever well, which, all, which all fed into Eurovision, which has been around since the 60s or 70s. So it, it was late, late 60s, early 70s, somewhere in there. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Back at the hunt, Hellboy crawls out of the river where I guess he was just laying in the river for like an hour while they got killed by giants or something. Like we saw him getting stabbed and then he's just crawling out of the river and everybody's dead. Like what happened in between? And they also told us, we don't need your help with giants. We've been hunting them forever. Cause he asked them like, why did you even need my help with giants? And then they get murdered by giants because they yeah, have so their that backs. happens immediately. Cause he's about to kill Hellboy. What saves Hellboy's life is the giant rips off that dude's head. Right, but he's, but then you're right, but then yeah, he gets out of the water later. The giants are guess, eating and chilling. Yeah, was he just lying unconscious in the water for 20 minutes? I guess he was in the like, bathroom. I'll, I'll take sloppy. I'll take lazy, but lazy and sloppy. No, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, a bridge too far. Hey, 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 <laughs> that's hey, a salmon. That's all I've got to offer, Brian. All right. Sloppy and lazy. Yeah. You're a very you're a very giving lover, Thoreau. <laughs> and lots of breaks. Yeah, <laughs> some, yeah some, some some nutter butters like in the middle. <laughs> um, Bringing crumbs to bed. That's my only just, complaint. Just to you know, bump up the protein, give you some energy. Uh, so, and the word place fun. <laughs> nutter butters. <laughs> Uh, so, all right. Um, Hellboy fights and kills the giants. He collapses from exhaustion. As he passes out, he's rescued by a young lady. He wakes up in her flat. Dude passes out all the time. Is he narcoleptic? Is he have like <laughs> serious head trauma that causes him to like just go unconscious? And this the is the second right. time in 20 minutes that he has passed out. And people just leave him there. Nobody... They're like he's taking a nap. I would have really, I would have really enjoyed him being blackout drunk because the Brits were like, "We're on safari" or something to excuse him passing out. Yeah, 
something. It's weird. There's even a point where somebody offers him a drink. I think it's just wine, which, okay, maybe he doesn't like wine. But, like, I don't know. The character was a hard-drinking dude. Yeah. the only Because time- he's so big, he doesn't really get drunk or it takes an awful lot. The only- yeah, he's like Wolverine or Captain America. Yeah. The, right. the only time he was drinking was in the beginning after uh, and, Tijuana. At the very end. Mm, yeah. At his dad's grave, which, you know, that's perfect. Sure. It. But yeah, he he almost refuses alcohol. <laughs> I don't know. And He's even drunk a couple times, I guess. Tijuana. I don't want to compare Hellboys too much, but like Perlman's always got a six pack. Yeah. yeah. You know, like On the ring, the plastic ring of. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't drink water. He drinks beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Smokes cigars. Yeah. Yeah. Where the hell were the cigars, man? Yeah. I don't know. That feels like studio stuff. Like, it does. Even though we're going for a harder rating, uh, we're gonna. Yeah, the concessions are less. The only R. The only thing about the the only R that they gave us was like a, it was a little gory and cursing. Like that's all we got. Like there that's was no all. like real adult content other than how gory the killing was and and some fucks. Yeah, there weren't even really titties. Some side boob eventually. Yeah, some Mila side boob. But even Bobby. Oh, no, no, no. It was, uh, the, it's going to sound like I'm disappointed, but even Bobby um, Yaga had a top on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not yeah. disappointed. Bobby Yaga had some questionable nudity. There was some <laughs> interesting shots. If you want to join my uh, Rule 34 Bobby Yaga subreddit. Um... <laughs> <laughs> She's not an SOC. If you have, if you want sexy a, old crone content, that's not the place. Sexy old crones, more, man. They keep yeah, rearing, she, they keep rearing their ugly heads. I think she's more of a kill. Yeah. Like a crone I'd like to forever banish <laughs> Sexy old crones with their pancakes. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyways. Hellboy wakes up in her flat. He recognizes her as Alice, a medium he once rescued from fairies as a baby. The spirits have been telling her that the end of the world's coming. Hellboy's the one who's going to bring it. She decides she's going to help him, though. Just then, a SEAL team arrives to retrieve Hellboy. She doesn't live on the first floor. She carried Hellboy up the stairs or into an elevator. Damn. Mm -hmm. Uh, she she, uh, She hired those dudes with the van. That was oh, her that's right. Uber. She said a man with the van. That was that's right. <laughs> yeah, I love. But she what, when you've never seen Peep Show, it's I think it's a great sitcom. But yeah, men with the vans are running. <laughs> if we both get vans, we can be men with Ben. <laughs> um, when she arrives at the first thing, she mentions it being her Uber. I think. Anyways, um, and they don't quite reveal their relationship. They obviously know each other, and her parents have passed, but we don't know that she was stolen. Yeah, yeah, they do that later on. Um, so Trevor introduces Hellboy to Agent Ben, tells him that Vivian's remains have been discovered. The last piece is stored at the Osiris Club. Alice is coming along because why not? Trevor gives Hellboy a big gun. They arrive at the Osiris Club to find everybody dead. Alice channels the seer Hatton spirit who reveals that Vivian seeks Hellboy to cause the apocalypse. They find Pig Guy there. He's taken the arm. Vivian appears, offering to team up with Hellboy. Hellboy says no. He almost shoots Ben. Ben really hates Hellboy, and he stabs himself with, like, his insulin gun or something. 
He's just a it's, diabetic. Yeah. It's temp it's temp B. It's B twenty four. Yeah. Um Hellboy reveals that pig guy is a changeling who took baby Alice's place before Hellboy branded him with iron and forced him to return Alice, which led to pig guy hating Hellboy for taking away his chance to be human. Meanwhile, scary witches are sewing Mia Jovovich back together. Um, back with the heroes, Ben takes them to uh, M11 headquarters before secretly acquiring a special bullet to kill Hellboy in case Hellboy goes bad. After an argument, so does he know that Hellboy is destined to become the king of England, and the beginning of the end is Hellboy becoming the king of England? Because I don't think that was explicitly stated to his character. Was he in the room? Um, the- one of the Osiris Club members say says something like, "You'll never sit on the throne, the throne of England, or the unworthy will never sit on." It's very vague, and yeah, yeah. But like Ben, other than the bullet. It- I guess it's just taking for granted that if you can wield Excalibur, you are the rightful king mm. of the Britons. Yeah. Like Arthur, but I don't know. Well, no, but he was, but no, no, he was revealed to be like his, his mother was King Arthur's something or other. Descendant. Yeah. Yeah. She took a weekend in hell. Yeah. She fucked a demon. It's, it's like going to Fort Lauderdale. Who hasn't? When you're- Who hasn't? It's true. <laughs> Uh, um, so anyways, uh, let's see. After an argument with Trevor about his adoption, Hellboy gets mad. He takes the elevator, which for some reason transports him to Baba Yaga's house. An adjacent dimension. Yeah. This was so frustrating because they had to put this somewhere and they had to do it somehow. And they just used an elevator to do it was really weird to me. Yeah. I mean, it was just so like, we've got to go here and we've got to go there and we've got to go over here and we've got to go over there and then we've got to go over here and then we got to go over there and then we have to do this and then we have to do this. But like, there was no like, this causes this to happen in this movie. Yeah, none of these events felt like they led to anything They besides the end of the movie. <laughs> I know what you mean, but that's funny. you know what I mean. I mean like, that's how like, that's what a story is. Yeah, but, sure. but yeah. I know well, I know what well, you're talking about. <laughs> normally, a story has like a line that each oh, moment comes through. This is right. a circle. They explain why you're in a place. Is another circle, and they do not overlap at all. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, I like that Baba Yaga knows Capueta <laughs> when she's fighting Elbow. <laughs> They're breakdance fighting. Yeah, yeah exactly. Brazil. <laughs> Uh, they should have just rap battled. Um, anyways, uh, I don't eat whale. Well, when when both your feet have been replaced by wooden pegs, that's kind of the only way you can fight. Like a <laughs> Is by break dancing, <laughs> or like a drunken master. Um, so anyways, uh, having shot out Baba Yaga's eye, she, uh, offers him a deal, um, giving up one of his eyes for Vivian's location. Baba Yaga gives him the info, um, also telling him that she's doing a big spell at midnight. A Hellboy goes back on the deal, though, and fights Baba Yaga, and she curses him to lose a loved one as he 
falls out of the house back into the middle of the other plot. He literally falls into the scene. Uh, he made a good point, though, like about the eye. It's just like you never specified a time frame. True. Um, meanwhile, you didn't say I'd have to give it to you right now <laughs> when I'm done using it. Meanwhile, Vivian arrives back on the hill where she was killed by King Arthur. On their way there, Ben reveals to Alice that he was the sole survivor of a demonic jaguar attack. They arrive just as Vivian's doing her witch thing. They're attacked by the by some dead people, some dead monsters. Ben keeps shooting himself up. Um, Vivian fully restores herself. A bunch of monsters show up. Her old witch friends show up. Vivian kills all the witches except for one, which she leaves to give Hellboy some information. Hellboy attempts to stop her, but is not able to. She gets away. He shoots out half her face. Yes. Um, Vivian poisons Alice and runs away. Um, the uh, witch she didn't kill tells Hellboy that the resting place of uh, tells her where Merlin is uh, to in order to save Alice. Af- this this is such a weird diversion. Like all, it it feels like this movie was jumbled up and then like tossed out of a bucket, and they just went like, "Cool, that's the order of the movie now. That's how things are happening." Like they took all the three by five cards and they just shuffled them. Yeah. Yeah. You and they put the, the mer- end at the end. That, that, yeah, I think that is the point. That's why things feel like they just happen is because they have a series of scenes, but no reason that one happens after the other in any way whatsoever. They could have reasonably seen Merlin beforehand and he could have said like, no, I'm not taking the sword then. And then they could have seen the witch. Yeah. But the witch is already doing the evil stuff and he says no to the sword. That makes and they no have sense. to go back. Yes. Like, right. there's a lot of like doubling back because they didn't do the thing in the first time that we were there. Right. Like, if he's going to refuse the sword, that could have happened in an earlier, yeah, place because he's not wielding the sword. He walks away from it. But you're right. Yeah, he knows that's the surefire way to kill her. I know he's having this crisis of consciousness as far as you know, people hunting monsters and beasts and such. But it was weird not to take it. Yeah. Well, that's, well, and I get, that's pretty I much get the only why. thing that can kill her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, and he doesn't want to bring upon the end of days. Yeah. yeah. That is like, yeah. He has that very distinct vision of himself. Him wielding it. Yeah. Causing the end of days. Yeah. Um. So Merlin cures Alice. Uh, her and Ben go to sleep. Uh, <laughs> he reveals that Hellboy is Anang Unrama. The firstborn male heir of Arthur through his mother, who was taken to hell by his father. When offered Excalibur, Hellboy refuses after seeing a vision of himself causing the apocalypse. Um, then Merlin just <laughs> peace outs and disintegrates. <laughs> He's like, my work here is done. Goodbye. Um, I have, so I have serviced our, the plot. This is the second movie in two weeks to have a wizard uh, dust off. Yeah. <laughs> and trusty on screen. And the third After movie, giving you just enough information. The third movie this year that's had people literally turn into dust and disappear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Infinity War. That's right. Yeah. 
Huh. Uh, so, um, meanwhile, Vivian attacks M11 while monsters are unleashed on London. Still not as bad as soccer hooligans. Uh, <laughs> hooligans. <laughs> They're hooligans. These like eldritch horror monsters were really fucking cool looking. That was. I wish that they. I wish that they were composed better in the shots. Yeah, and weren't so dark, so you could see them a little better. Right. But, yeah. I like, I I wanted to see more of the scale of them instead of like here's a guy getting stabbed through the head by a leg, like, mm-hmm. or by a finger or whatever that was. Like, it. We should have seen more of the pe- man on the streets perspective of these monsters that was those, yeah because yeah. that was some of the coolest stuff in the movie like i liked all of like the all of the folktale stuff like i liked the imagery with baba yaga and i liked the imagery of these um these monsters and stuff but it's they were so fast and they were framed so boringly and it was yeah they did nothing with it um so uh, Ben and Alice wake up. Them and Hellboy head back to the HQ where they find everybody dead and that Vivian has abducted Trevor and taken him to St. Paul's Cathedral. They race there, enter the cathedral. Hellboy and Ben, who turns into his werecat form, battle Pig Guy. <sighs> pig Guy eventually gets away from them, seeks help from Vivian, but she betrays and kills him and propels Hellboy into Arthur's hidden tomb that holds Excalibur. So why did she smush Pigman? I don't understand why she decided then in that moment to do it. Because it was inconvenient to have him in the rest of the movie. Yeah, Yeah. like it didn't serve anybody's interests for him to be gone. No. And to be honest, it was the most cold-blooded thing we saw her do. Yeah. I mean, she was the queen of blood but you know it wasn't that bad <laughs> uh pig guy Seriously. pig guy was uh, very intent on killing hellboy and nimue needed hellboy alive there you go all right that that was not made super clear in the moment i have to say um so uh vivian kills trevor and an enraged hellboy pulls out the sword Demons emerge from hell. Alice channels Trevor's spirit to appeal to Hellboy's humanity. He decapitates Vivian, tosses her head into hell after the demons are sent back. Hellboy and Trevor say goodbye. Ben throws away his bullet, his special Hellboy bullet. Uh, we cut to six months later. Hellboy, Ben, and Alice are raiding uh some place in Russia and they find a water tank with Abe Sapien in it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's another post credit No, that wasn't even post credits. That was pre credits. Oh yeah, you're you're right, you're right. Sorry. We it's like have, Return of the King. Yeah. Then in a mid credit scene, Hellboy um is visiting Trevor's grave. He's consoled by the ghost of Lobster Johnson. That wasn't actually Rob Lobster Johnson. Oh, he walked through the grave. That's right. Yeah. And he he said uh, he had unfinished business and he got himself killed. Yeah. Um, then in a post credit scene. Ghost Lobster. Yeah. <laughs> Ghost oh, Lobster. <laughs> Ghost Lobster. 
Wait, there was another one at the end? At the post credit scene, yep. Baba Yaga of a bitch. enlists an unseen force to seek out Hellboy with the promise of allowing him to finally die. So Rasputin. Yeah, it's almost certainly. Um, or Pig Dude. I don't know. <laughs> it's all no. made very clear. Pig Dude got popped. Yeah, it so could be the ghost. It could be the ghost of Pig Rasputin Dude. was the original diehard. <laughs> Bare, uh, barefoot in the vents. <laughs> it's a crazy story. So yeah, that's that's the movie, all right. Was yeah. it? I, you know, I didn't hate it, but everything we brought up was a problem. I don't disagree it, with any of the critiques. It, it felt less like a movie and more like a ad for pickup trucks. <laughs> or an episode in the Hellboy series. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? If there was well, such like a the, thing. To like, me, the that heavy metal guitar. Episode. And the like, the way they shot stuff just felt like advertising or music video shooting. And not like in a creative or interesting way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was imagery very- was obviously way more important because, like we said, Hellboy couldn't even move his facial features. Right. Well, but they so you could tell they just wanted shots, particular shots. They well, didn't care if that character uh, conveyed any humanity or anything. Like yeah, that. but even the shots like weren't very interesting. Like they were framed in yeah. an uninteresting way. It was very workmanlike and very yeah. They did it poorly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And if I. Final thoughts, guys. I don't have much else to do or say about this. Then. Hell I, wonder, no. I was going to say, I wonder how much of this movie was a response to the original movie. Um, like the like we you mentioned a couple of times, the folklore was was I don't want to say better captured, but there was more elements of European folklore yes. tied into this movie. Mm-hmm. And was and that, that them trying to correct? Like- Making it a little more. This seemed like it had more of the comic book elements. That makes yeah, sense, considering that like it was, it was written by two comic dudes. But I, I always liked that. We're going to see it in Love and Thunder, but and of course Neil Gaiman, that was his his bread and butter. But when they combine these folk tales and when they implied that these beings, because they exist in their cultures, also exist in a larger pantheon with each other. I like that stuff. I don't know. That, yeah. Or once upon a time, those kinds of things where, you know, characters have joined together. They live in that same. Well, and folklore allows, allows fiction to bleed into our reality a little bit. Yes. So it's, it makes yeah. you question like, Ooh, well, is this real? Ooh, could it be real? Mm-hmm. Ah. Well, it makes you think, could it be real? Because um, so many different cultures have a different name for the same thing. You know, witch. Yeah. Baba Yaga just means witch. Uh, pretty directly translated. It's her name. But yeah, you know, witch exists in every culture. It's yeah. because of their menstruating. <laughs> <laughs> She's uh, the blood queen. Oh, God. Ugh. All right. Are you guys well, that's historical. I'm not saying that was oh, yeah, in this film. That's historically what. The, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> that's why they're witches. They don't die. After pleading that much. All right, guys, are you ready to go ahead and just rank this thing? Sure. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's see. I'm 
looking here. I don't, I'm, I'm kind of looking at starting somewhere in this area. I'm seeing like Constantine, um, Blade That's Trinity. around here, I think, now that I'm looking. Where's the spirit? Oh, God. I oh, didn't hate good. it that much. Um, yeah, it wasn't spirit bad. Spirit is, oh, my or God. Like Van, I, I thought like Van Helsing, uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the spirit, were the three movies that came to mind with this. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is down at 109. Yeah, we have to go up further. It's better than Kabuki Man. It's better than Shark Boy. Better than the yeah. Phantom and X-Men Origins Wolverine. I mean. Yeah, it's better than those. Go back, go closer to where we were. Yeah, Spirit yeah. is down at 129. Like, it's at least as good as Buffy. Um, I think Buffy's better, but I'm not saying it's worlds away. Where were we? Right there? Yeah. Yeah, in this area. Blade uh, Trinity. Rise of the Silver Surfer. I mean, that was a really bad movie. Um, it's better than that. But I like I don't Blade think Trinity more than this. I like and, Blade Trinity and I like Return of Swamp Thing. And I, Batman v Superman, I think, was better than this. I think Venom is arguably better than this. Ugh. Um, I could have put it before Batman v Superman. I really do not like that movie, but I do like Blade Trinity. Superhero movies funny. I bet it's there. I don't remember why it was that good. Okay, <laughs> I know why Return to Swamp Thing is that good. I don't know if any of us can argue that it's worse than Power Rangers. Power Rangers was an extraordinarily bad movie. Um, I agree. So in between Supergirl and Power Rangers? Because I like Supergirl as uh, well. I can dig that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'd feel right putting it above Supergirl, honestly. Sweat. <laughs> Got Peter O'Toole in a Cosby sweater. <laughs> Just getting hammered on a floating space station. Yeah, it's not better. Than and that, he was as also I speak, as he, I talk it out. <laughs> and he was also in a movie. So. Yeah, and he was also in a movie. <laughs> it's not just where he retired. Um, Al, your thoughts. That sounds good to me. All right. We'll stick it between Supergirl and Power Rangers at number 78. Because why not? And there she goes. Which brings uh, you us. You want to put 2019 by that yeah, one? Yeah, put 2019 yeah, yeah, by yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant to, but I yeah, messed it up there. Um, Because my number lock was not on. All right. Elboy 2019 there at number 78. That brings us to next week. Next week on Harmless Phosphorescence, we are going to be watching Fast Color. <laughs> I what? see you find the blank stares that no one was expecting that. Um, it is a very, very little known film. Uh, fast, it's it's gonna, it's, yeah, it, it's a weird little stop off between uh, Hellboy and the one what that is, comes after Fast Color. Fast Color. What is it called? Fast, fast Colors? Fast Color. Color singular, fast color. So it's about a hero that runs. No, no, it's not. It stars Gugu and Bathara. Really? Yep. Interesting. Yeah, it looks really interesting. It was a late addition to our list. I didn't find out about it until about a year ago. Um, so that's going to be an interesting tangent there. That's next week. It's going to be a bit of a change from our normal big studio, uh, <laughs> DC and Marvel based ones. Um, so that's next week on Harmless Phosphorescence. Until then, thanks for hanging out with us, guys. This has been your host, Throw Smiley. 
reminding you that I could have been a person, not this wasted wandering thing. I could have had a real life with light and happiness, but this podcast stole that from me. Bye. You're welcome. I can't, be- I can't believe they did Marlon Brando's speech from On the Waterfront. Just <laughs> verbatim. <laughs> Not a thing wandering. All right. I'm Josh CC and Animoe, Animoe, Animoe. I'm Brian Lesh, and I am going to go buy a pickup truck. This is not over. I am Vengeance Eternal. I'm Alaric Weber. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.